Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Biker Chick Chat. I'm your host, Biker Bethany, and I'm on a mission to find female riders from all over the planet because I want to hear their stories of how they got into the motorcycle world. And on today's episode, I'm excited to say I'm going to be joined by Maggie. She's an adventure rider from Las Vegas, and she has so many amazing stories to tell about, well, all kinds of adventures. So let's jump straight in. Hey Maggie, thanks so much for coming on. Of course. So I want to jump straight into hearing about your Christmas because it looked epic on Instagram. Go ahead and uh, fill me in on that. Yeah, so um, for the past like month or so, I've had access to uh, 2022 Harley-Davidson Pan America. And I love this bike because everywhere is a road, as they say. Um, It is so much fun to take off-road, but there's not always a ton of opportunities to do that. Like, I ride dirt with a dirt bike. But for Christmas this year, we were like, okay, we want to get away from people. We want to get away from crowds. Like, me and my partner, we don't really do the holidays that much. So we're like, let's load up the bikes and let's take this dirt road that we found um, out to the edge of the Grand Canyon. So... I'm based in Vegas, and the greatest thing about Vegas is how close it is to Utah. (laughs) So we drive about an hour and a half up and then took a little longer on pavement to get over to where the start of the trail was, but it was 60 miles out a dirt road, then into some more serious technical rock riding out to the edge of the Grand Canyon where we were able to camp and spend the night with everything we needed on our bikes, and then it was another 60 miles back out afterwards, but... It was stunning. Yeah, we got there just in time for sunset and got to do hikes around and then had plenty of time to set up camp. And then the next morning we got to do sunrise at the Grand Canyon and it was awesome. Oh my gosh, that sounds epic. (laughs) It was such a cool way to spend the holiday, something a little bit different. Yeah, that's awesome. Have you ever done anything like that before around Christmas? Um... I feel like I usually try to do something like I usually spend my Christmases a little bit more a little differently um, or at least surrounded by friends. But um, I'd say probably riding motorcycles across Vietnam a few years ago. (laughs) And like I've been in other countries doing wild things by motorcycle around the holidays just because I think it's a little bit more fun. Um, But this was definitely something special. Like this was a unique opportunity. And like there's no better way to travel like that like I love moto camping I ride a 2022 low rider ST and I still like to go moto camping with that but this Pan America really gives you access to places that you would never get to go on another bike so it was really cool yeah yeah I bet that is the beauty about having a bike like that I suppose you really have the best of both don't you you can wherever you want to go you can go yep exactly have you gotten to ride one yet I haven't you know I've got a bit of a height issue going on Maggie and (laughs) they're tall bikes (laughs) yeah they are that's true (laughs) how tall are you how do you find the height of it um I'm five foot eleven which I want to say is one meter eighty maybe yeah five eleven no sure I'm five three borderline (laughs) more almost like five twos there's yeah. actually it's it's so tall that bike i um i sat on it in um at moto live in birmingham a couple of months okay, ago cool. and there's a video where i sit on it and it, honestly it's just hilarious because <laughs> they had like an indoor track there and they said go on go take it out and i was like 
it's quite a tall bike. I was like, let me just sit on it. I, like, I, want, I yeah. really want to do it. I'll just sit on it. And honestly, my legs are just dangling. Oh, There's no. like this much room between me and the floor. It's so embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> the biggest time you notice that is when it's off-road. Like that's the time you want to be flat-footed when you're on those uneven surfaces. Like, But I took one out on a track day the other day. It was like a couple weeks ago. My local dealership did a track day where we were on the speedway and we were um, – we were being taught by Kyle Wyman, who is part of the Bagger Racing Series. Amazing. So he came out, and I was, like, nervous about going out because the only bike I had to ride was this dirt bike, like this Pan America with dirt tires. And then it started raining, and it was a track. But what we learned there was, like, incredible what it could do. And, like, I, there wasn't a single moment that I was nervous about it once we got on the track. And the Pan America has a bunch of different modes, so, like, putting it in rain mode definitely softens the response to things and it was really cool to get to take it out like that but I feel you on the height thing I have a good girlfriend out here she's about five four I think and she loves the Pan Am but she's like I need to spend a lot more time training before I do the off-road because that's where it gets really yeah. sketchy and you need a yeah. little bit more contact with the ground mm, sure yeah I totally get that it's um going you know in a straight line on a flat road surface is one thing but yeah you know if you do feel that bit of a wobble you need your foot there to put it down and I literally to get one foot completely flat on the floor like my other leg is just like that coming (laughs) off the other (laughs) side not a light bike (laughs) no it's not at all so who did you go camping with uh, over Christmas um, yeah, so I was with my partner and my boyfriend. Um, he goes by nice. Warthog Bike on Instagram, and he has been – he got a 2021 um, Pan America, and then he traded in for the Enthusiast Edition, the 2022. And he has been in film production for years and has just been like, okay, I love this bike. I'm going to start doing video stuff surrounding it. I want to do – he's been putting out, like, tutorials and things that maybe people don't know about the bike as far as features go. Um, and then he's just been a super gearhead. Like, the ADV crowd is so different from regular Harley riders. So he is definitely, like, nerding out with all the different gear you can use on the bike and stuff. So That's cool. he was like – He's constantly like, man, I wish you had a bike like this. I wish you were on a Pan Am so we could go do more of these adventures. And it's been so tempting. We've had a lot of opportunity to travel together. Um, We did like a Sturgis adventure rally together. And I uh, also was on a Pan America for that. Um, So we've got some time to explore with the bikes. But now for next year, he's like, we need to buy another one. (laughs) He wants to get me on one. And um, yeah, we... That he was like, I wouldn't ride a Harley unless it was this bike. Like, this is the only Harley I've ever been interested in. So, um, he was not into motorcycles before I met him up with him last year. And then he like jumped in with the Pan America. Oh, nice. Oh, that's awesome. I love that you guys can go out and do that together and really share those experiences because sometimes it doesn't matter how much you describe it. You've got to be there in the moment to fully understand this sort of stuff, don't you? It's so true. It's so true. There's just those moments and those feelings like anybody who rides a motorcycle knows the open road, but those adventures that you get to share with somebody else, it's so cool like such a good experience such a great time to bond um yeah I really appreciate those moments for sure 
Yeah, one hundred percent. So you, so you've you've got your Pan America that you can pop out and about, and a low rider. What what other bikes have you ridden? Yeah, so um, I've been a brand ambassador for Harley Davidson this whole year, so I've had access to um, corporate bikes that I ride at different events, and like every chance I get been on a Pan America a ton this year, but I love the road glide. So I'm constantly like riding those as much as possible for events and for like group rides that I help lead. Um, but I personally only own my Lowrider ST and I haven't owned a car since 2015. So that's my like main mode of wow. transportation. Um, and then I have a 450 dirt bike, a Honda CRF 450. So oh, fun. living in Vegas, we picked the place that we live because you can ride out the garage and just into the desert, like around the corner and out into the hills and the desert and the rocky terrain um, to do dirt biking. So we're also pretty close to a really nice set of dunes in California, and there's tons of off-road adventuring outside Vegas. Oh, that sounds amazing. So did you literally think, right, I'm going to move to Vegas and to this exact spot like for that because that was like your top priority to just be able to head out into the dunes and stuff whenever you want so pre-pandemic i was based in bali indonesia and i had oh, wow. like i love the custom bike culture there um i was working online as a graphic designer so i spent a good part like i was based there for about three years and then when the pandemic happened i was like I haven't lived in the United States in probably six years because I was traveling around. Mm. And I had a good core group of friends that had moved to Vegas. Um, and they were like, come check it out. You won't need a car. If anything, you could get a bike. The weather's nice year round. Like, you'll be fine. Because I hadn't owned a car in so long and I'd just been traveling around. Um, so I had a place to crash land that had friends already and I didn't have to get reestablished in a city. But then after being here, especially in the pandemic, there were no people in Vegas. Like, the strip was empty. It was such a cool time. There's so much BLM land, which BLM land is just open to the public. So we were camping every weekend. We were doing all this off-roading. Um, it really felt like a good place. I thought it might be temporary, but then this was at the end of 2020 and I'm still here. I was like, as much as I've like hit the road, I lived on my 2021 Lowrider S last year for two and a half months. I went across the country just living off the bike. And I still came back to Vegas because I think it's such a good hub for that, for the riding, for the off-road. So, yeah, as I got settled back into the United States, such a stark contrast, Vegas to Bali, but it was, like, a really good fit because I love adventure. I love being able to ride year-round, and the West has so much to explore out here. So I really liked that part of it. Yeah, that sounds amazing. It sounds like you've definitely chosen a good spot, and especially if you like that off-roading style you've really yep. got the best of both there haven't you yep definitely it's really beautiful highways to go ride to like again utah's super close in southern utah we have zion national park and we have death valley um really close to us there's so many cool places to go explore on the pavement but then once you start hitting that off-road it's like never ending out here yeah, that sounds amazing. I have been to Vegas once before, cool. but just as a classic tourist, you know, hitting up the stri the strip and getting drunk all week, I wasn't doing yep. any riding, that was for sure. <laughs> Barely remembering much of the trip. <laughs> Literally the whole week just blurred into one day. Yep. Like. Yep. 
So that had been my previous experience with Vegas too. And I was like, I'm never going back there. It was like probably the last place I would have ever put myself as actually living. Um, but yeah, once you've done that, you know what the strip's like. Highly recommend coming in. They do have an Eagle Rider here, so it's easy to pick up a bike. And then you have everything from northern Arizona to southern Utah, like huge stretch that you can just explore so much cool stuff. So yeah, next time you're out, cool. let me know. Come ride. There's so much good riding <laughs> yes. out here. I'd love to. Yeah, definitely. And who knows? I might experiment with a, a Pan America if yeah. I can. I don't know. I'm going to have to just get it well lowered or something like that. And we'll see where it goes. Like, I'm excited to see what they're going to announce for next year as far as bikes go, because there's been rumors of a smaller version of it, too, which I think would open up to even more people. Um even like cost point wise, like would just make it more available and accessible to people. So we'll see if these rumors are true on the 18th of January. <laughs> oh yeah. I'll definitely look forward to that. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> so what was your first bike then? So I've just been, I mean, I bought a bike in 2015, but it was in Vietnam for $250 and I had never ridden a motorcycle before. I called up my brother and I said, Hey, he had never left the country, but he lives in small town, Texas. I was like, hey, I want to go ride motorcycles across Vietnam. And one, I don't know how to ride motorcycles. And two, I definitely don't know how to fix motorcycles if I break it. So I convinced him to fly into Vietnam and we bought 125 Honda Winds, these tiny little motorcycles and rode cross country for three weeks, four weeks, something like that. And um, that was the first bike I ever bought. And then we sold them and just went on our merry way. But I hadn't actually owned a bike since then. I was just doing rentals because I was bouncing around and traveling a lot. Um, and then I did longer term rentals when I lived in Bali because there were times I was riding dirt bikes or 250 cafe racers. It wasn't until 2021, January, that I bought my first bike. And it was a 2021 Lowrider S from Harley Davidson. And after oh, nice. coming back, I'd only been in the States like a couple months at that point. And I was like, I'm going to ride across America on a Harley Davidson. Like, that's what I'm going to do. Like, the, you buy into the culture. You immediately have friends that become family. Like, that's what I needed after, like, especially after the pandemic and coming out of that is like, I need those people, my tribe, my motorcycle people that I had built up all over the world but needed to come home to. So, that's basically what kind of drove me to getting my Harley. And in 10 months, I put 33,000 miles on it and then ended up trading wow. it in this year for the new Lowrider ST. Oh my gosh, that is amazing. That is some serious mileage on that bike. <laughs> it was so much fun. Yeah. Oh and my everyone's gosh. Like, Your so... first bike, why do you want to get rid of it? I'm like, well, I've had a lot of time with it. <laughs> Put down a some good miles. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 100%. So where did you go on your trip? I mean, 10 months and that many miles, you've covered a serious amount of ground. Yeah, so um, when I first got it, the first thing was I was still technically a resident of Texas. So my first maiden voyage, I had to register the bike in Texas. And Austin, Texas is where my family is. And from Vegas, that's 1,200 miles. So I had to go right out the gates, just get it to Texas to register it. Then I came back. 
And um, my big trip that I spent on my bike was going to all four corners of the United States. So I wanted to touch each state in all four corners on the bike. So over the summer, I took off and did that, but did a lot of riding out west, Um, did a lot of riding through Wyoming and Idaho. And um, right before my trip, I reached out to Harley Davidson and this was right when the Pan America um, came out. So they actually gave me a Pan America for three weeks that I put 5,000 miles on that and did a loop around the West and then came back and picked up my bike and then rode all the way across country. So I had even more miles, but Um, just being a daily rider as well too, like easily just scooting around Vegas could rack up a few hundred a week. (laughs) Um, and having it be my only mode of transportation. But then I, as I was like, I looped around the country, I took a little break and left my bike in Texas. Then I went back to pick up my bike in Texas and drove it all the way to Wyoming and then back down. And it was just a little bit of zigzag around the West too. So, um, I think there were only probably about 10,000 miles of that was my cross country. And then everything else was just like bouncing all over the West coast on it. Oh my gosh. What, what an amazing trip and so many memories made and yeah. to really just get to know America as well. Cause it's such a, a big place, isn't it? To actually get around. Definitely. Like I realized I had traveled so much overseas. I had done a few laps around Europe and was doing my rounds around Southeast Asia, had ridden in Australia, had done all these things. And then when kind of forced back to the States because of the pandemic and passport situation, I was like, okay, like I want to see all the coolest parts of America. Um, I feel like I only scratched the surface, but it was definitely a good preview and seeing parts that I had never seen before, hitting a lot of states I had never been before, um, and falling in love with places like Montana that I would have never put on the map, but loved riding through Montana and have go back pretty often now. So it was a really cool. cool way to do it. What's so, um, capturing about Montana? Um, Montana is just like, I know I've only seen it in the summer and it's like negative 50 degrees Fahrenheit right now. So it's really cold. <laughs> I hate the cold. But I've been there in the summer and it is so green and rolling hills. And um, me and some friends, it was kind of like who I went with too. I had a really good group of friends that I found and we went to Glacier National Park and just like the nature so beautiful. Like the entrance to Yellowstone that touches Montana is beautiful. Um, it just seems like that pristine West. Like, I don't know if you've seen Yellowstone, but it's very much that like mm. you get that feel. It's almost like a time capsule. This place is not super popular. It hasn't been overrun um, yeah. too much by tourism. And it's just such a beautiful place to visit. So really yeah. good highways, really cool things to explore. Oh, that sounds so nice. I mean, it is definitely something I'd love to do, come out to the States and do a massive tour, see as many places as possible. I mean, I've been to the States like three times, I think, three or four times. Okay, cool. Um, But not since I've had my license. This is a few years ago. And uh, so, yeah, I've only ever driven around. I've done the whole Mustang thing. as such a classic. Still a cool way to see the country, yeah. Yeah, it was super cool, but I feel like I'm definitely ready to come out there, you know, on a Harley and really see it, really experience it and hit up all those cool places that a bike takes you to. It's different on a bike to driving. Yep, yep. It's so different. And like, 
I loved getting to see America that way. It's like you're a part of it so much. You're in it. It's not another screen. It's not like a car, like another screen you're staring through. Um, you, you really like everything. The temperatures, like I live in the desert and it's like it gets really cold at night, but it is really hot during the day and just feeling the elements, battling wind, all these things, like it's so much a part of the journey, which is cool. And for whatever reason, when you're on a bike, like you have to plan things a little bit more with like gas stops and you end up sometimes in the most tiny little towns or, you know, it's just such a part of the journey to go to like little saloons and like these podunk little American towns. And it just, it brings this charm out where if you're just riding and passing through in a car, you don't, for whatever reason, feel that. I think it doesn't really capture that. So yes, if you get the opportunity, definitely come out, please come ride out West. Like you're going to love it. It'll be a whole different experience. Oh yeah, it sounds amazing. I definitely would. And you're so right. It's like when you're on the bike and you've got to think, you've got to plan your stops a little bit more. And you, to be fair, you even just want to get off every hour, don't you? Yeah, like an yeah. hour, you're thinking, okay, I need to have a bit of a stretch now. So you're mm-hmm. forced to stop, see where you are, have a look around. And I love that. Yeah. And interact with people at a gas station or something, or especially when you're riding a Harley, like it was 10 times worse with, worse with a bright orange Pan America. Like, I couldn't get a gas stop in without people coming and talking to me and being like, what is that? But when you ride a Harley around, it's instant conversation starter and people come up to you and maybe they don't ride, but they used to and they got stories and you inspire them in that moment. So, like, there's always those human interactions that you have with people that you wouldn't have if you were just gassing up with a car. Like you, you stop for a moment, you take that break, get a drink and someone's going to chat with you about it. Yeah, 100%. And there is something about just being on a Harley that it draws people's attention. It's so recognizable, isn't it? And, but even the, the newer bikes like the Pan America, it's like, mm-hmm. what? That's a Harley? Like that's, that's yeah. mad. And like we done a trip in the summer my partner and I and I was on the new Nightster and even that for a Harley it looks quite different doesn't it it's not like it's not very normal so people are like oh my god that's a Harley oh it's different and it just is a conversation starter yeah it totally is that's really cool where did you guys go uh, we went all around Europe, so we started from where we live in England, and we head head over into France, and we done yeah. um, Belgium, Luxembourg, nice. Germany, uh, and we managed to go through the Swiss Alps, and, Ooh, and then we cool. came down into Italy, and then uh, back up through France and home. So yeah, it was a really good. That's trip. awesome. Um, and the yeah. nights are super fun. Like I got to ride the so nights a little bit, and such a fun bike to ride. Yeah, super, super fun. Yeah, uh, it was. It was really comfy, even in all those miles. I, mm-hmm. I felt really comfy on that bike. Yeah, it was good. I got to jump on like the Sportster S and just the seating position. I wasn't a huge fan of. Like, I think the bike is cool, but for me, I'm really, really tall, so it was kind of a weird <laughs> folded over position. But as soon as I jumped yeah. on the Nightster, I was like, oh, this is comfortable. Like, it sits good. I could put some miles down on it. So yeah, that's cool. definitely. It's like the center of gravity is quite underneath you. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm used to my my Sportster. I've got an iron, okay, and it's cool. very top heavy, and you yep. know, yep. oh, you know, lugging it around the corners yeah. and all that but on the nights that it did just it was a bit more of a breeze and you know yeah. nice center of gravity yeah it was good <laughs> it's got some power it goes <laughs> yeah it really does yeah that was a cool side of it so i guess the engines are quite similar aren't they to the pan america it's the newer yep. 
yep. Evo Engine no. or yep. whatever it's called. Exactly. So the Revolution Max is that new Revolution. one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they did a really cool job with that. And just like, I love that there's different modes now and like, it's just really technological, which can be a downfall. A lot of old Harley people are like, that's not a Harley. It's not a Harley. Kind of that. Like, tech, technologically advanced and it sounds like they're still working some of that out. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm open to new stuff, you know. Yeah. I love old Harleys and the old look, but I'm into the new stuff as well. It's nice to enjoy all of it. Why do you yeah. have to have, you know, only one? Yep, yep, exactly. That that makes it hard because then you're like, oh, man, I love this Pan America. I can do all these things. Now I need another one. <laughs> now I need another one. <laughs> so true <laughs> so many options and then as soon as you sit on a new one you're like oh man i could totally see myself riding all everywhere on this like it's yeah, addiction. So it becomes true. Addiction quick <laughs> <laughs> so your bike that you've got now your low rider mm-hmm. have you done many modifications to that yeah right out the gates um it sounded like a sewing machine <laughs> good on harley for being you know eco-friendly i'm actually like friends with one of the girls who's an engineer and does the stuff for the exhaust and the EP making sure it's compliant. So I know a lot of work goes into the exhaust on these bikes to make sure that they're not polluting the environment. But that is the first thing I changed is that pipe. <laughs> so, um, I like to ride with my arms a little higher. So I definitely put risers on it. I thought it was a little weird setup when I first got it. Um, I did put a about a thousand miles on it without changing anything but I did risers um after riding with heated grips on the Pan America I got heated grips because it changes the ride completely um I did a cam and a stage two tune on the bike so it's got a little bit more horsepower um I changed the seat immediately I have a LaPera seat which is super comfortable I rode a, with a saddleman on my last one, and then I really like the Lapero with a gel in it. So it's super comfy for long hauls. Um, I think I changed some lights. I did like a license plate lay down, but other than that, I put a sound system in. That was my biggest, oh, nice. my biggest safety feature, I call it. And people are like, what? <laughs> I'm like, I drive so slow so that I can hear my music <laughs> now. <laughs> my biggest safety feature on the bike is the sound system in the front so uh, my next upgrade thing i want to add is a cup holder which is so bad with coffee and caffeine like that's what i need but um yeah so i wanted the sound to be different the seat position how i sit on the bike a little bit different um but nothing else too crazy heated grips is my favorite (laughs) yeah i need to get some of those definitely but what color scheme have you got um i've got the black one oh nice so uh my lowrider s was the burgundy kind of color the and i really loved that color and i think that might be another thing that i decide to change for next year is like I heard that they are coming out with this year's model. The next models are going to be white, but I want a white one. I want to do white with black pinstripe flames. <laughs> oh, that would be cool. Yeah, I like that. I saw actually there there was one I saw similar to that. Um, I think it was Charlie Stockwell. He done an all white 
and it had uh, flames and it had this texture within oh, cool. the, the flame. It was very cool. Yeah. I'll Charlie to, Stockwell, I'm going to have to look him up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll find it and I'll send it to you. It was cool. Cool. Yeah. It's cool to see them pop up. Like, of course, when there's a new model, it's like seeing the trends and following how it evolves on Instagram and what people are doing to modify the bikes and, you know, how I love Carly culture is that customization. Like the bike is as unique as the rider. So as soon as it was launched, watching what people did with it, it was super cool to see come out. Yeah, definitely. I love that side of it. You get to make it your own, don't you? Mm-hmm. You buy, No one keeps their Harley stock. Everyone yeah. makes it their own. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like I had a lot of friends, a lot of my close friends out here, they don't ride Harleys and all they do is talk shit, which is fine. <laughs> That's why we're good <laughs> friends. <laughs> they give me so much hell for like how expensive they are, for how much horsepower you get and all this. They shit on Harley riders all the time. But at the end of the day, it's like I rip around and I'm like, there's so many cool points here and I have so many friends everywhere I go and that community, like you don't get that when you jump on any other bike. And when you show up to like a bike night somewhere, it's like, you know, the people that are there because you see their bikes and that you like, they're just like tattoos. It's like, it's just as you yeah. the person on them. So um, I think that's super cool about it. And I wouldn't trade that for anything. That is exactly why I started riding Harleys when I got back here. And no matter how much shit my really good friends give me, I'm still going to keep buying Harleys. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree with you. That is the one side of it I love the most. It's like, you make it your own. And like you say, it doesn't matter where you turn up. You're like, oh, I recognize that. But oh, yeah, that's, you know, so and so. And yep, you yep. Uh, you do connect. It's like almost, it's almost like a, a source of identity, isn't it? It's mm-hmm. like part of you. And it's something people recognize you by. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it is super cool. And I don't know, it's been... Again, that community just falling into it and being able to connect with people everywhere. Like I, my road trip across the country was solo, like quote unquote solo, but you just meet so many people along the way and it's so full of different characters and the stories I have to tell of like, it comes from that. It's that Harley culture. So yeah, that's really cool. That's awesome. So what would you say is like one of your most dangerous or scariest moments you've had on a bike huh that is a good question probably like more of the international stuff like I think it just gets a little bit more hectic riding in like southeast asia and like there have been several times I felt like I almost died and like scary moments over there but I think more than anything, it's been scary with other people. Like I tend to ride pretty safe. Like I'm, I'm always fully geared up. I wear Kevlar all the time. I've gone down and it wasn't really that scary. It was my own fault and I knew what I did wrong and I was geared up. So I didn't, I walked away with minimal injuries and like, so that wasn't even that scary. It's always been other people. I feel like that scared me. It's been, you know, coming around a corner when you're on a group ride and your buddy's down on the ground and, you know, an ambulance is being called. So like those Mm -hmm. I think are the scariest moments. Um, 
I do, I'm a riding academy coach. So I do the safety course with Harley Davidson. I coach people and train them to ride motorcycles. So I feel like I always go with that mentality, but you're only in control of your own riding and you hammer down with other people. Like let's be as safe as possible. Like being safe is cool. Um, but you never know how people are going to ride. And when you ride with new people can be a little bit nerve wracking and scary. And there was a point this year that we came around and we did. We came around a corner and somebody we had just met and joined us for this ride, hadn't known him that long, just that day, had gone down and um, he ended up in the hospital that day. We were all trying to get the girl that he was with back home safely and like it just became this whole day thing and we were keeping up with what was happening with him in the hospital uh, for two weeks. Um, he managed to survive two weeks, but he just kept declining and declining and declining and he ended up passing away. So oh, those gosh. are the moments where you just kind of remember that it's like just by getting on these bikes, we all take that risk every single time we do it. But it makes for stronger friendships. It makes for, you know, better stories and a wilder like group of people like I cherish my female motorcycle friends so much because they're just badass bitches <laughs> like it's a <too laughs> girl to get on a bike and like we all are taking this risk every single time we get on these machines and like you get those reminders from time to time that it's like it is dangerous and you know we're riskier we're a little edgier but we're, we take that risk and we put our you know lives at stake every single time but um, it also is so great to see how the community comes together when we set up GoFundMes or whatever, like we support each other. We take care of each other. Like I didn't know you that well. I didn't know you before today, but now like you're in my heart forever. I think about that guy all the time. I thought about him riding up to Sturgis and, you know, he couldn't come to something like that anymore. Like we have to remember those people. So yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's a part of it. It's a, a darker part of it, but I don't know. It still is like, it's a reason to get back out there. It's a reason to keep doing what we do too. So yeah, I fully agree. It's um, it's a reminder, isn't it, that you've got to respect these machines that we're getting on, like you say. Totally. And it's not always having a great time. There is a real side to it, and sometimes people do get hurt. And uh, yeah, that's that's also why like Harley's for me is something I'm always drawn to because I feel like if anything, it's got to be the safest kind of riding. <laughs> like people hear you come in, yes. you are such a thing on the road, aren't yes. you? Like people know you're there and. I feel like that's definitely a safer way to be out there. Same thing. That's, again, the first thing I change on the bike is the pipes. Like, if it sounds like a sewing machine, nobody knows I'm there, and I'm so nervous to drive in traffic. But there's people, it's like, oh, you're just an obnoxious Harley rider. I'm like, but you saw me. You knew I was there from the moment (laughs) I was, like, anywhere near you. You hear me coming. And, And also, I mean, I love riding some of the bigger bikes, too. It's like, if... Like, I mean, if you go down, you're not in a car. It's always going to be dangerous. But these big bikes, like, they're pretty heavy. Like, even the Sportster that you're riding, it's like it's a heavy machine. You feel a little bit better on it. Like, it's not a plastic toy. Like, this is a heavier vehicle that, you know, can take some beatings for sure. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that is so true. So what would you say is some of your most cherished moments you've had on two wheels? that you always remember? 
Um, it's always the time shared with people. Like it is always a journey, those pauses or, you know, that moment when you hit like a sunset and you've got a, you're in a group and it's like, everyone is vibing. Everybody's just feeling this moment and it doesn't have to be anything crazy spectacular. Often it's just like the lighting and the crew that you're with and everybody like riding together that I think those moments really make it. And I have some of it captured, you know, sometimes I have GoPro videos of it. Um, but sometimes it's just like, nah, we're just here. We're just riding together and this is our crew and the destination. It's not so much about that. It's about this moment right here is getting there, this riding, um, as one. So yeah, yeah. I think I've had been fortunate enough to take a lot of trips this year. Like I've gone all over the country. Um, and shared a lot of these moments with some really cool, genuine people and brought new people and old people into this um, friends wise. And like, yeah, I think those are the moments that I cherish the most. Yeah, that's awesome. I fully agree with you. It's being in those moments that you just can't describe to someone, can you? Like, yeah, say, yeah. Being in, seeing the sunset or just being somewhere and mm-hmm. feeling the moment. It's yep. uh it's like no other it really is I fully agree yeah you definitely have to experience it and that's why again there's another edge to people people who are willing to take the risk for those moments you know those moments are what makes it for sure Mm, yeah 100% so Maggie I've uh, I was having a look through your Instagram and I found a picture and I've just I've been doing a bit on my podcast where I find a picture and then I sort of get you to explain it. Okay. So cool. I'm gonna get it up so you can explain this picture to me. I mean, there was so many on here that I was like, how am I supposed to choose just yeah. one? <laughs> the never done feed of ridiculousness. <laughs> yeah, you've done so many cool things, but this one in particular caught my attention. Um I know we've spoken about the Pan America quite a lot already, but this was the picture that I saw. Oh, yeah. So can you just explain to everyone what's going on and what's happening in this picture? Yes. So that was a really unique opportunity that I had last month. I think it was the first weekend of November. So... um I'm going to tell the long version of the story, if that's cool. Please do. Yeah, please. <laughs> yeah. So we had made friends with um, one of the guys who runs the demo fleet across the United States. He is 10 months on the road showcasing the Pan America at off-road events, at Daytona, at Sturgis, at all the major rallies. Um, and he's part of the team that goes across the country. So made friends with this gentleman. His name is Justin Clyder. He's really cool to follow. He's had tons of experience in off-road. He was like a part of GS, the GS trophy winners or something like that. He was heavily tied to BMW off-road for a long time and is now in Harley. And when we first met this guy, um, I met him in person and then connected him to my boyfriend via social media. I'm like, my boyfriend had a pan in. I'm like, you need to talk to this guy. This guy has stories. This guy has done some cool stuff. And he kind of took my boyfriend under his wing and was teaching him the ropes and went on a trip earlier this year. And they've become really good friends. But one of the first things that they had talked about is like, what are cool events? Like, what is a cool thing to do? And this, he, this guy came up with the idea. He's like, it would be so cool to get a team of women together. There's this event in Julian, California. And Julian's known for pies and gold mining, and it's in Southern California. 
He's like, there's a scavenger hunt where it's on road and off road and there's all these milestones and you get points by taking pictures and hitting all of them. He's like, it would be so cool if you got a group of girls to do this on the Harley Davidson Pan America because the Harley Davidson Pan America is a, a, gathers enough attention, but having an all women team because ADV rallies, the majority are older men, like it's a different mm-hmm. crowd. So it'll really like catch people's attention. And we're like, my boyfriend was like, yeah, this is a great idea. And we like talked about it probably with everyone we hung out with this whole year at different events and different things we were doing. We're like, yeah, we're thinking about this like scavenger hunt at the end of the year and doing off-road and on-road. So we, he assembled a team. Um, He found a sponsor to come in so that we could create this almost like little mini documentary, but have it be branded. So there'd be a purpose for advertising behind it. But Harley was like, yes, we'll get you guys the bikes. No problem. Our friend who had originally pitched the idea, he was there with the demo fleet and he was able to get us bikes and make sure that the bikes were taken care of the whole time. And it was three days of getting points and working with these four women. So that picture is our team of four. We called ourselves the Trash Pandas. So (laughs) (laughs) how a meme had popped up in our group chats prior to the event. We were the trash pandas and we drew so much attention, but we had so much fun. And all the girls maybe like there was one girl I had ridden kind of with, not a ton. So we were very new to each other. And the story that my boyfriend is putting together, the video that he's making is really telling about how we came together. We didn't know each other. And then we worked together and brought our skills in different areas. So one girl is from Brazil and she has a ton of off-road experience or recently has been like taking classes. Another girl used to run ADV tours and, you know, is, has that experience. But then me and this other girl, Stacy, she's ride to food on YouTube. Um, she had just done a training course on the Pan America. We've both done stuff with Harley Davidson for a while and we're still relatively new to the ADV, you know, off-road scene. So bringing in those elements, but we've got a lot of miles between all of us. So it was really cool to see all our different backgrounds, tell that story, and then how we kind of overcame some of the challenges, which were weather and time constraints and skill and all these things over the course of three days to come out. We ended up winning the Industry Cup. So we were one for Harley Davidson. Oh, wow. That is awesome. Oh, my gosh. What an amazing story. That sounds so fun as well. It was awesome awesome like we were laughing so hard and we got we got sponsored by gear company and then alpine stars suited us head to toe but then we also got sponsored by senna for comms and like we were recording some of the conversations but we were talking all day in our headsets and like just laughing and enjoying it and we all went in we're like we're not so competitive it'll be fine and then towards the end we were all like cutthroat like no we've got to win and we like got fired up and like stoked each other and like built each other up and tackled sand and we're digging each other out of like the dirt and like it was such a good experience so awesome that sounds epic that sounds honestly so fun i'll definitely check out the youtube video once your boyfriend's put it together yeah i'll send it over when we have it we're gonna blast it out for sure i think it's gonna be launched actually we're it's gonna be waiting till march 8th is international women's day cool so that's when it'll come out 
Yeah, that's a great time to bring it out. Oh, it's amazing. I yeah. love it. <laughs> super cool opportunity. And yeah, one of those things that I'm super grateful we got to do. And it all has come through, you know, this Harley family that we've built up and the buzz around this bike and, you know, the rad chicks mm-hmm. that have come in and out of my circles because of this. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So what would you say is your all-time favorite bike? Would it be the Pan America? <sighs> That's a hard would one. You love your low rider. Yeah. It's hard because the Pan America, like I've never had more fun on two wheels. Like to be able to do cross country, crush miles, and then like dump bags and like rip through the Black Hills or something, or like go on these off-road excursions. Like there's the adventure is so different and I love that about the bike and that it's capable of doing that but my lowrider ST is my baby like this one I won't trade in this one is not going anywhere I'm gonna keep this one for a long time and it's like when I jump on it it's just like this is me like I'm an adventurous person I love doing the off-road stuff but like this is my ride like I I can be just on the highway and be completely happy. Like, um, I think that's my favorite bike. And I like it. Like, I was contemplating getting a road glide. I was contemplating going something bigger because I do so much cross country. But Mm. I am, like, a daily rider. And the low rider ST, I can quick release, pop the bags off, and it's slimmed down. And then it's a low rider S again, you know, and whipping around town is perfect for that. Like, I really love that bike. I love... How many of my friends are on, like, Lowrider S's as well? Like, it's a great, powerful bike for girls. Like, it's set low enough that anyone can jump on it, and they're never going to be wanting for more power. So um, I think that's one of Harley's best bikes that they have out. Um, And so, yeah, I'm in love with my Lowrider ST. I think that's my favorite bike. (laughs) Yeah, that's cool. I think that's definitely something I'm looking at to get for possibly my next bike yeah definitely yeah yeah again you won't be disappointed you won't be lacking any power but you won't be on your tippy toes or you might be a little bit but there's modifications you can do seat wise and stuff to yeah. get dialed in but yeah for sure such a fun bike yeah definitely so i've got a few questions now which will sound random but it will link back into <laughs> where i'm gonna go with okay, it next cool. so What's your favorite food, your dream destination, and your favorite car, if you have one? Ooh, these are all good questions. Um, Favorite food is a hard one. I'm somebody, I love all sorts of food. Um, Probably, I grew up in Texas, so it's like, I'll never say no to Mexican food. And like, grew up in San Antonio. I love being, I love going down to Mexico and getting authentic Mexican food. Like I will never be able to say no to Mexican food. Um, okay. So I'd probably put that pretty high up there. Um, mm-hmm. Dream destination. Ah, my list is so long, but next year I am putting it on the map. It is happening. We're going to go ride motorcycles through the Himalayas in India. So that has been Amazing. so high on my list and we're hoping to do it on Pan Ams, but we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. Um, but that's been a really high one. Like, um, but I've I want to go to Patagonia. There's like I have a laundry list of places that I still want to hit. Sure. Um, and then car. Ooh, that's a good one. I don't think there's any car that I would purchase. Um, 
I was so bummed when I was a kid because I loved old Mustangs. And my dad knew I loved old Mustangs. And he still bought my brother a 66 Mustang and didn't get me one. And he <gasps> wanted to work on it with my brother. And my brother let it sit and rust away. And they never did no. anything with it. And I was like, Dad, if you had just given it to me, it would have gotten done and I would have rode it everywhere. So I do love old classic Mustangs. Um, me too. I think if I were to buy an old car, I'd probably need an old El Camino so I could put a dirt bike in the back. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's a great answer. <laughs> so if I were to buy one, probably that one. I love old Mustangs, but, you know, right now, if I had to get four wheels, an old shitty El Camino that I could tote my, do- my dirt bike around. <laughs> <laughs> the desert not come back. <laughs> it's very practical. <laughs> yeah, so totally. <laughs> So we're going to have a little game of would you rather. Okay. So awesome. some people have got pretty emotional with this one. I can't lie. So let's see. <laughs> well, now I'm curious. <laughs> so if you had the choice, you could eat Mexican food all day, every day, as much as you like. But you will never be allowed to have your low rider again. Or Ooh. you can have your low rider Ride it all round and never, ever eat Mexican food again. I think riding choose? my low rider trumps Mexican food. I would I would spend all day every day. I, if Mexican food just disappeared off the face of the earth, I'd be sad. But I could not live without my low rider SD. <laughs> yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that because you yeah. love that bike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's, that's definitely my choice. <laughs> so what about if I throw... India into the mix and you know you could go there do a trip whenever you like or even live there for a while and do you know more than just that uh but you can't have your low rider or you have your low rider and never go to India this is a tricky one um I think I'm still so in love with my low rider (laughs) I could have gone to India, but you know I'd be in Montana a lot. <laughs> you find me in Glacier National Park. You find me in Yellowstone. I'd be, yeah, I'd, I'd make do. I am somebody who would make do so that I could be on a motorcycle. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, there's not even any point asking this last question. I know what the answer is going to be, but here's your low rider. Here's a Mustang. You can yeah. choose one. Take it home today. What's it going to be? It's definitely going to be the Lowrider ST. I don't yeah. know if I will. I don't know if I'll get four wheels anytime soon. I think I'm perfectly happy. I live in Vegas, so I get nice, pretty nice weather all the time. Like set myself pretty well so that I can ride my Lowrider ST all day, every day. <laughs> You are set up. So yeah. the low rider, that has smashed all those questions. That wasn't even hard for you, just low rider all day, every day. Yep, yep. It's my baby. And I mean, I again, I've done so many adventures stateside. Like, there's so many places I could still go. Like, I have a laundry list of places overseas. And I would love to live overseas again. But I have my low rider ST in the States and that's kind of my anchor right now. Like somebody messaged me the other day about like a job offer in Bali and I used to live in Bali and I was like, oh, but my motorcycle's here. Not even my boyfriend. I was like, my motorcycle's here. 
<laughs> that is the only thing he's jealous of is that bike. And he sees it in the garage and he's just like, she loves it more than me. <laughs> it's like the other man in your life. That exactly. Is so funny. <laughs> he has lots to be jealous of. I spend so much time on it. <laughs> like, it's a whole different love i'm sure he just accepts that there's different uses for each of you but you know you should love this bike because i'm not moving anytime soon because i have to make my bike payments i have to work a job so that my bike can have a better life (laughs) it's my my baby oh i love that that's amazing so maggie just to wrap things up i'd love to know if you could go back in time to when you first started riding and give yourself a a piece of advice, what would it be? Hmm. So I would probably tell myself, so when I started riding, it was 2015 and I rode across Vietnam, but a year or two after I went back to Texas to get my license and I did the Harley Davidson Riding Academy, the safety course to get my license there. And when I rode in to get my test, I had worked with my brother to get my dad's 89 Sportster fixed again. And it's this black bike with silver flames. And that was like what I thought of as a Harley. Like that was the image in my mind. And I got to ride it up to take my final test. And it's like 90 miles down the highway with things rattling off and me screwing screws back in and just this like old junker. But I probably would have told myself when I had first started riding to be like, don't let dad sell this bike. Like this is the Harley. Like, don't let him get rid of it because it was such a good bike and I'm sure whoever bought it is having a great time with it but I have such a love for that bike that was like the Harley I picture in my mind and that's the reason I want flames on my bike (laughs) (laughs) that's awesome well I'll look forward to seeing you put some flames on your bike eventually it's coming it's definitely coming (laughs) (laughs) oh Maggie thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's been great getting to know you better and hearing all your amazing stories I'm sure you've got many more to tell (laughs) (laughs) it's been awesome getting to chat with you Bethany I would love to get to ride with you um there's several like Europe destinations and I definitely will have to hit you up for some of those when we head over there have things like Portugal and Scotland and like all these things I want to do so maybe you'll have some recommendations too but come out west come ride (laughs) she'll show you a different (laughs) side of Vegas anytime you want (laughs) oh that would be amazing yeah definitely we'll uh we'll meet someday and we'll ride in in the states and in Europe we'll 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 make it happen would love to make that happen (laughs) oh thank you again so much i'll speak to you soon sounds good bethany Thank you for listening or watching this episode of Bike Chick Chat. If you'd like to see more from me, please don't forget to check out my socials where you can find me under Biker Bethany. And also don't forget to check out Maggie's socials as well. You can find her under the Maggie Hicks. I'll link everything in the description below. And I'll look forward to seeing you on the next one.